<laughs> I was wondering what name you were going to go with. That that one, this one gave me a couple more choices, but you know, and he does. He is in one of the arcs. Yes, he is. Um, and I do think you know you can't kind of talk about the setup for this without him at least coming up somewhat. Um, so let's get to it. Uh, hello and welcome to the Team Podcast. My name is John Macy of Josh Krugner. Snickety snick. <laughs> okay, so our uh, this recording will be the second in the series we're at least at this moment calling Back Issues, where we uh, examine uh, not necessarily older, because this, this thing that we're about to cover isn't super old, but where we basically examine, uh, I guess I can't really think of anything else to call it, older comic books and look at like what what led into them and what uh, what impact they had going forward. Um, our focus tonight will be the uh, all-new Wolverine series by Marvel, written by Tom Taylor. Yes. So, John, uh, I'm going to ask you two things. Number one, were you able to read or had you previously read the most recent thing I, I sent you, I recommended in the chat? Which was... Generations tie-in. Oh, I read that when that came out. Uh, I did not realize that that link you sent me today was that again. I mean, I had that. I just I didn't know if you had read that. And yeah, then... no, I I read that when that was being published as part of Secret Empire. Okay, cool. And then the second question: uh, How familiar are you with this character as a whole? Um, I mean, basically, I came to this because. Uh, I had been interested in reading a lot of the the recent. I think it was all like all between 2012 and 2014, like the Wolverine series that ended with his death, and then mm-hmm. the, the after effects of that, um, where you know she had a book, and where Laura had a book, and the old man Logan book, which we'll get into to a lesser extent. I think you kind of have to talk about it a little bit. And um, and I had been slightly familiar with her from around that same time. She was also in, I want to say she was also in X-Men Blue a lot. Um, they made her part of that team for a solid year or so. Um, but reading, reading this series, and I did read the whole thing. I don't know if we're necessarily going to get into the whole 35 issue thing. I mean, we, we, like, we can, we can. yeah, like you had said earlier, I think the first 18 are where the good stuff is and then it gets progressively worse. Um, but reading this series actually got me way more into the, uh, the psychology of this character in ways that the psychology, of the original Wolverine has never really done much for me. Um, and we can talk about that comparison also. Yeah, definitely. Cause I'm on the same page. Um, so this is actually, part seven or eight in this character's arc, basically. Okay. This character had been around for a long time, ran through many, many series. Um, so, as as Brent reminded us, although we were going to point it out, suck it, Brent, uh, this is one of the few characters to premiere on an animated series and then jump immediately to comics because it's the same writer. Uh, so this is Laura Kinney, X-23, Created by uh, Chris Kyle and I believe Craig Yost. Christopher Yost. Yep. No, I had him. I had him backwards. And uh, she was on X Men Evolution, which was pretty good. It was like a, a almost like an Ultimate Ultimate Marvel type reimagining of the X Men as younger teenagers and earlier twenties, but set in the you know present circa like 2002 uh and then the character jumps to the comics with a very strange miniseries called myx which was supposed to be like a you know new gen x gen x of like these basically homeless kids in new york who were also mutants and she was one of them so this is like one of the most flawed fucked up tragic characters ever and of course i immediately was like oh i'm all in uh, she was like a 14-year-old prostitute who had a pimp that was like using her as an assassin. That's MYX. 
then you get the X-23 series where they like really flesh her out, give her a backstory, and they just pile on the tragedy. So I don't know how much of that you know. Uh, uh, this was, all new Wolverine alludes to some of it. Was the uh, was the X-23 one the one where they kind of had her pal around with Gambit a bunch? Um, yes. yes. I think I, re- I also read a lot of the the dark Wolverine stuff with the Ken mm-hmm. and they did a, there was like a, a short crossover between those two during that. So I read that, that part of it at least. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go back and get the rest of it too. Cause it's, you know, I, I really, Oh yeah. I, I would definitely recommend it. It's the, the first two guys I mentioned, and then it goes to uh, Marjorie Lou really fleshed out her backstory. And uh, you know, they, they definitely, do a lot of that in all the new Wolverines, so and we'll get into that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, I will say, you know, spoilers ahead. Uh, but but it is like five or six years old, so. Well, you know, but I think it's almost ten at this point. Twenty yeah. thirteen, so, I think it's right. Twenty fifteen. I think it was thirteen, fourteen, somewhere in there. Because yeah. I think the death of Wolverine thing was like thirteen or fourteen. That's right. Um, That's right. So just for. Just to set that up, or not set that up, but it's kind of the lead into this whole thing, where um, in a previous Wolverine arc, he had had his healing factor shut off by somebody, so he was basically dying, um, yep. and he just, you know, the death of Wolverine story was, it was a four-issue miniseries, which I believe was written by Charles Soule, yep. and it was basically a, like... I'm going to go settle all my old scores and stuff before I die. Um, and then the last issue involved, he goes to the original lab where the Weapon X experiments had been done. And he basically gets drowned in a bunch of liquid adamantium and turned into a statue. Yep, he turns into a statue. That's, that's pretty um, much it. So he basically becomes the X-Men's hood ornament for a couple of years. Um, yeah. So the result of that was that they made this... I mean, it was basically on two fronts. They made this all new Wolverine, all new Wolverine series with Laura, where she actually wore a, a version of the classic costume. And then they had, because I think on some level they were afraid to completely take Logan off the table, which is exactly what they should have done. Um, they took the old man Logan character from Secret Wars and plopped him in the in the present continuity. And just kind of gave him the X Men. Yes. So real quick, I just want to set the meta stage at the time, and then also what's going on in the comics because a lot of that's going to come up. I'm not sure how much of that you know if you weren't reading the other stuff. Uh, so this is during a very not so secret time period that Disney did not own the x-men at all all oh, right um, so they wanted to basically bury and or kill off all of those characters and be like you can't buy them don't root for them you love the inhumans and the fans were like no one has ever given a fuck about the inhumans since jack kirby uh we love the x-men we love wolverine but they're dead give them back so brian michael bendis did the time displaced original five x-men where you have all the original five running around as teenagers, uh, and they start off in the all-new X-Men book. And then you have, of course, like you said, Old Man Logan from Secret Wars. Uh, So in all-new X-Men, they find Laura after the events of Avengers Academy, which we don't have to go into that. You can read that. I I did read that. I forgot that she was in that, yeah. Yeah, so they find her. She's all fucked up. She's got amnesia. It happens a lot to her. And uh, she ends up in a relationship with the 05 Warren, who, having seen his older self, you know, Warren Angel, Archangel, um, he doesn't want to become Archangel. So they did a Guardians of the Galaxy team up. Yeah, the Black they were Vortex. Trying to with the Guardians, the Black Vortex, and he gets these new electric flame wings. And uh, he's basically like, you know, what if Warren became like Archangel without Apocalypse? And they end up in a relationship. And it's actually, it's a really good dynamic. They have really good chemistry. Because before that, she was romantically involved with Hellion. And Hellion sucks. He's one of the worst characters ever. That's the guy who got his arms cut off, right? Yep. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, they they are together on that team. And then 
they kind of phased him out in on New Wolverine, but especially in the first issue, he's like front and center and, you know, he's basically taking a backseat to her and, and their dynamic is he has to let her be her own person. She is her own person and, you know, she can do things like jump out of a plane, right. shatter her spine and, and she'll come back from it and heal. And, and in, um, in a lot of ways, to me, during this series, it's almost like she's learning how to be a person. Yes. So, like I said, this is part seven or eight in her entire arc. And uh, what it felt the most to me like, this is something I've, I've talked about a lot. Uh, if you ever want to go through and read them, I will gladly do any number of podcasts. Uh, Peter David Supergirl, which is one of my all-time favorite runs. This is like the second half, which up to issue 50, it's, it's like a whole different book. And then something happens in issue 50. And she has this whole new identity, this whole new look on life. And um, basically, she's comfortable with who she is, but she has to learn to be a newer, better person and make up for her past misdeeds, which is basically what Laura's doing in this book. Yeah. Because up until this point, she's repeatedly been used as an assassin. She was a prostitute. She was on um, X-Force. She was, you know, an assassin there. She's killed a shitload of people. Uh, she's burnt all her bridges, sabotaged all her relationships. Everybody hates her except Logan, and now he's dead. And, uh, you know, she's really trying to fill the boots, as it were. Yeah. And I mean, I guess now is a decent time to get into, like, like where I sit with Logan and where this character works so much better for me than he does. Like, I've always kind of found the, and it's not really a trope, I guess, but it's the first word that comes to mind for me but the kind of the the trope of where logan sits all the time sort of gets on my nerves on a long enough timeline because it's like he's constantly bitching and there's tons of internal monologue about how i don't i don't like the fact that i was used for so long and i'm a killer whatever but then you know every time he's put in a position where he has to kill somebody it's like Oh, I guess I might as well just do it again because, well, that's what everybody has me around for. So, like, to me, there's just no, there's never any real development there. And I kind of thought, even, you know, not that the movies influence the comics all that much, but I kind of thought when, you know, the character almost got to a whole new level of popularity based on the Jackman thing, uh, that maybe they would try to do something a little different with that. But it just, and old man Logan to me is actually more interesting than the garden variety Logan is because he at least has something to lose or something that he has lost that actually matters to him in a different way than, you know, just, I'm just the, I'm just the hired program program killer. And when everything goes to the wall, I just revert back to that for the millionth time. Um, whereas with Laura, I mean, I sort of expected that because I wasn't sure they would bother to write anything more than that. Um, but I found it way more interesting for her to be like, I don't want to be like this. And I, you know, my entire life is this and I don't want to do this anymore. And it felt more like an actual desire to change that rather than the same kind of bullshit lip service that Logan always gives to it, you know, where I, I feel like I've read it a hundred times, but it's never actually taken place. You're, you're a hundred percent right. Um, I've never made it hidden that I'm not a a, Wolver- a Logan fan. Uh, the only times I've liked the character are during the early issues of the Claremont run. You know, if he's in a, a solo story here and there where he's good, okay, great. Uh, I do think that some of the event stuff he's done, like Fatal Attraction, um, obviously when he gets like Feral in Age of Apocalypse, that was kind of cool. Um, I think the the problem with him, and it's a problem with characters like uh, Deadpool, and then you know, especially more modern takes on Spider Man. There are people who write them from a position of just fan service, right? And you can have someone who who fleshes out the character and does all this depth because, um, you know, like we'll talk about the generation story. I thought Logan in that was great. I thought it was some of the best Logan we've ever got. And then, you know, the next time he shows up, you'll have somebody just writing him like, you know, what if he was Lobo and he's going to kill people and smoke cigars? Yeah. So, I mean, I went in with 
you know, and I did, I think I got this whole series for like 25 bucks because I had it cheap on Comixology at one point. And that was actually the main reason why I even bothered with it. Um, and was very impressed by at least the first 18 or so. I do think, as you'd said on other shows, that after that it sort of dips in quality pretty significantly. Um, but the first 18 are excellent and uh, definitely worth going into. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll get into that. We'll set the stage, but uh, yeah, I went back through it all of it today. Um, I I was up all night because you know right now we're recording this. There's about two feet of snow outside. I uh, just started a new job, and I was basically told I had to go in up until the very last second, and then uh, I stayed up all night figuring you know I might have to leave at four in the morning. I obviously I didn't, which is good. Um, so I, I was dead tired. So we talked earlier. I was like, oh, I should reread all those. Uh, I got up to like issue 14, 15, and then I passed out while Sarah was on a call. I was in the bedroom and uh, I woke up like two hours later. I was like, oh, I got to read like, you know, another 20 of these. And I just powered through them. Um, I remembered that there was a noticeable drop in quality. I think there's actually two. I think the first one hits around Secret Wars 2 tie-ins and then uh definitely orphans of x and then once you get to that final arc like issue 20 the old old woman laura stuff even before that when when they get to the uh the boots which we'll we'll talk about yeah it's just like straight nosedive and it's just awful yep so the first first, and i did sort of page through it all again within the last day or two um the first arc, I think, was called The Four Sisters, and it was yep. she basically finds another uh, group of clones like her. I think there were clones, uh, also female clones of Wolverine um, in various stages of development. And um, yeah. so she helps them, you know, she helps them escape from, I think they get attacked by somebody who's trying to, like, reclaim them as, because they're some company's property or whatever. And three of them are, like, her age, and then there's, like, a 10-year-old, um, and she sort of adopts the 10-year-old by the end of it, um, and I think her, the name was Gabby, right? I had that right? Okay, some of the other ones have, some of the other ones had weird names I don't really remember. Um, uh, you have Zelda and Belial. Right, okay. So, I did think this was interesting in that, you know, they've always talked about, you know... Um, I did think there was some parallelism to some of the relationships that Logan's had in here where, you know, he always sort of takes on this mentor role, like the young teenage girl X-Men, like their stuff with Kitty Pride, their stuff with Jubilee. I don't really know yep. if there was anything else after that, but those are the two that spring to mind. Um, this to me, her and Laura and Gabby sort of came off differently and almost had a little bit more depth to me in that, you know, not only is she looking at it in like a, in like a parenting sense, uh, which she clearly at the beginning is just not prepared for at all. Um, I don't think she's in any way ready to parent somebody anyway. Uh, Cause she's, as we mentioned earlier, she's just beginning to learn how to be a human here. So, but I do think there's uh you know, I think she kind of looks at Gabby in a way as like, not only do I have to be a parent to this this child, this could just as easily be me right now. So I think she feels a certain added level of responsibility to, to kind of prevent her from going in the same directions that she was forced into. And uh, a lot of yes, a lot of the stuff in this one sort of this first arc sort of uh, informs the rest of it, from what I recall. Um, yeah, so um, I don't think they definitively say it in this um, series. Maybe towards the end when when the character clone shows up. Um, so Laura was always billed as a, a clone of Wolverine, and she is, but she also isn't. Um, she's she's a clone in every sense of the way. She basically has this exact power set. She has two adamantium claws on each hand and one in each foot. Uh, same healing factor, same all that other stuff. 
But what we find out, it was actually a tie-in for the Hunt for Wolverine event where they, they did like four different event book tie-ins and then the main story where he comes back, uh, she's with Iron Man and there's like this whole Mr. Sinister subplot. And they're basically like trying to find his original genetic material and we find out that she actually was the biological daughter of Dr. Sarah Kinney who is the mother that she said you know. Oh, right. Uh, so I don't know how familiar you were with that. That goes back to the original X-23. The other thing is they bring in her arch nemesis, Kimura, uh, and then the trigger set. Right, which plays into the... She was created by Alchemax, who is... Um, they're actually the, the company that Miguel works for in uh, Spider-Man 2099. Yep. And they were um, used in... So this is like when, when they started. They were used in modern and, Spider-Man um, for a while recently, too. Uh, oh, okay. I'm, Norm, I'm Norm, uh, Harry Osborn's uh, wife was the president of that company for a while. Oh, Liz yeah. was? Okay. Um, maybe I remember that. I don't know. But uh, I, I know she was in charge of something. Um, so, yeah, they, they developed this thing they called the trigger scent. And it's just this scent that, like, when they put it in the air, she goes into full berserker mode and just kill anything and everything. So they keep having her do that and, and kill, you know, all her targets. And then, you know, you, you see it in the panel, at least for a brief flashback. They, they say that they use it on her and she ends up killing her mother. Uh, and then she killed a whole bunch of other people and almost killed her extended family. Um, as far as Kimura, she was engineered to basically be her handler. Uh, she's completely invulnerable and she doesn't feel any pain which is basically what Gabby's power is. Gabby and the, the other clone sisters, they are clones. Uh, their thing is they didn't feel any pain. They had no right. feeling. Yep. And then the, if I remember correctly, the second arc gets into all the, is all the Civil War II tie-ins too. Yeah, so there was, there was a lot of uh, like team-ups. and. Oh yeah, this thing. She does the old man Logan thing, and there's running with S.H.I.E.L.D., there's uh, Fing yep. Fang Foom. And I mean, Doctor Strange shows up in it, the Wasp shows up in it. Um, I'm actually surprised yep. that, and I did think of this, when I first started heavily reading comics in the 90s, whenever they would come up with a new character, like Spider-Man had to show up somewhere. Like, he was the seal of yep. approval for the audience to go like, yeah, we have we have weight and interest in this character because we're putting Spider-Man here. So um, I was actually kind of surprised that he didn't show up when everybody else seemed to take a turn in here somewhere. Um, so this was during the all-new Marvel timeline, which, you know, I've, I've also colorfully referred to many, many times. Um, Spider-Man doesn't show up, and surprisingly, Miles didn't show up in this one. But if you read the annual, uh, she goes to a alternate world and switches bodies with Spider Gwen. Oh, maybe that wasn't in the trade that I read. Hmm. That's interesting, though. And I did think her, um, you know, old man Logan figures prominently into the the Civil War II arc uh, because the thing yeah. that and I guess we should set up for the audience uh, if, because maybe they spared themselves and didn't actually read this thing when it was published. Um, Civil War II is basically what it sounds like. Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel yeah. becomes what Silver. it sounds like an attempt to kind of recreate the, you know, the line wide popularity that the first Civil War gave them. Uh, the premise is that, you know, and this is more of the, inhuman peddling in a way that there was a new inhuman that had the ability to see the future. Um, and, and Carol Danvers says anything he sees, kill that person. Kill right. That person. And yeah, she took a very much like, she takes a very much like minority report approach to it. Like everything this guy sees has to be true. And like, there are all these other characters around her going like, yeah, but haven't we seen enough of this kind of shit in the past to know that's not necessarily what, you know, what uh, what might happen here? And, uh, you know, it basically ends with um, there's another big fight between all the heroes and stuff at the end. And it basically, the the cap point is that Carol basically beats Tony Stark to death. 
Um, uh, she gets Rhodey killed. She has Hawkeye kill the Hulk. Yep. And she beats Tony to death and turns him yep. into a Hulk. And that, ba- that basically leads to all the Ironheart stuff and the uh, Victor Von Doom as Iron Man stuff out of it. Um, and the, the thing I found funny was that, you know, Carol basically orders all this and Tony pretty much got raked over the coals after the first one for being the guy in charge of all that horrible shit that, that the government side was doing, but not even, and yeah, not even really in the story. Does anyone care that she essentially beat Tony Stark to death? And it's like, okay, sure. But, um, the the aspect of this for the purposes of all new Wolverine is that the you know event, occasionally the other heroes will see like visions that this inhuman character I believe his name was Ulysses has um, yep and yep. Laura sees that old man Logan is going to kill Gabby so she feels a need to go stop him from doing that obviously. And the thing I found most interesting about this was where every other character in the universe that I saw Old Man Logan interact with over, you know, because I was reading all the X-Men books at that time, so he was obviously showing up in some of that stuff. Um, Every other X character just kind of looked at him and went, okay, sure, you came from wherever, you did whatever, I don't really care, uh... Regular Logan's not here, so why don't you just do the same shit that he would do? And we won't even really we won't even really acknowledge it that much. Laura looks at him and goes, He is not Logan. He is some weird ass parallel dimension fucking copy that I don't want anything to do with. Um so yeah. like to me, considering how she views Logan and like that in the early part of this series, she's like questioning whether she can even function without him. Like the minute he comes back again and she looks at this version of him and goes, I don't want anything to do with you. Get the fuck away from me. Like, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I thought that was great. And uh, so when they first bring the two of them together in, in the main continuity with the real Logan, he doesn't really want to have anything to do with her, doesn't understand her. She doesn't want to have anything to do with him, and they slowly get closer and, and develop the father-daughter bond. Uh, but that definitely was not present with Old Man Logan. Yeah, you know, from from the beginning, she just was like, "You're not Logan. I don't yep. want anything to do with you." And she even says to him, "She's like, you know, I don't care what happened in your world. It's not going to happen here. Stay away from us. Keep your violence away from us. Just go yeah, and fuck I, off." I did, you know, and I was. And I had no idea when I started reading this that he was going to show up. And I was, I was just like, oh, is she just going to become all subservient again? Because that's what she does around him. And then it doesn't do that. And I, I credit Tom Taylor for that. It would have been very easy to just go back to the same old dynamic like everybody else was doing with that character. Um, it would have been very easy to just do that again. And he doesn't. So I'll credit him for that. And... Uh, you know, I do think, I do think the the large number of, like team up with other heroes and things. Um, it almost got to a point as I was reading it, like I did enjoy a lot of them, but at the same time, I was like, is this really a team up book? And they didn't tell us this. Um, but then I realized as it goes on, it's like, no, this is how they're how they're trying to get you past the idea that she's, you know, because I think because of all the other like reboots they've had with a lot of these characters like Ben Riley, who you and I both love, but I know a lot of people don't. Um, where like yep. they're immediately viewed as like the illegitimate version of this character, right? And the the, the right. fans just immediately go to, oh, we want the original character back. Meh. But like I feel like uh, the degree to which they had her interacting with other heroes in here kind of lends it some some legitimacy, if not, you know, whether the fans at the time viewed it that way or not, at least it's the, the, the universe itself saying, yes, this character matters to us. Um, so it's, it's interesting you say that, you know, obviously this was the time of the beginning of the end uh, for Marvel in terms of popularity and, you know, sales figures. Um, 
so in in writing about this because you know this is when I, I first started doing the uh the brief series i did as write-ups on the old website uh actually it was the the x23 follow-up series by mariko tamaki which if you have not read it don't none of it is worth it it, it got canceled for a reason just pretend it doesn't exist but I, after that i was like okay I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do a whole tirade on, uh, you know, SUW Marvel. And, uh, the first one I did, it was like, you know, the, the destruction of Laura Kenny. And I went through the whole history of the character. I had like a whole video rant that I put up and, um, I, I pulled up the sales figures. And when this started, you know, the, the shells that wanted to be like, everybody hates women. They hate, you know, diversity. No, no, no. This comic was doing hundreds of thousands of copies, which is unheard of, unfortunately, for Marvel Comics these days. Back then, it was the gold standard. As the book went on, it kept up steady numbers. And then right around issue 15, 17, fucking nosedive. And I think we can both agree that happened yeah, for the, a reason. I, I mean, you know, you had mentioned wanting to at least hit on this entire series during this. And I think it gets to about 35 or so. Um, I focus primarily yep. on up to 18 because that's about where from 18 onwards, the quality does take a pretty significant dive. Um, yeah, so they, they set up uh, Gabby who has only one claw in each hand um, and she becomes Honey Badger and she kind of like takes over the focus of the book. Laura becomes a backseat in her own book. She goes from being, you know, the youthful older sister with the powers of Wolverine to, like, the uh, tired college-age single <laughs> mom. Um, there's a couple of really forced Deadpool issues. And there's one that, so I, I've, you know, mentioned the uh, your boy Zach, Diversity in Comics at the time. Um one of the first videos I remember him doing and, and really watching, it's one of those later issues. It's one with her and Deadpool and they go and they burn down the clinic that made them. And like, it's just one of the, the most boring flat comic books I've ever seen. Uh, there's a whole lot of space with nothing going on. And they basically, the story is they walk around the block to find this lab and her and Deadpool burn it down and watch it burn. Hmm. And that's the whole thing. That's like issue twenty two. Sad that I've read, I I've probably read hand, that within the last three months and have no memory of it whatsoever. <laughs> so that's how forgettable yeah. it was. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, but then, as we alluded to, it jumps to the final arc of old woman Laura. Oh, oh, first we we have our, our orphans of X, where you have your. Uh, well, we also didn't really get to enemy the state too at all. Um, which, right. I mean, that That's was true. basically just an attempt to do um, the Wolverine enemy of the state thing with her. Uh, it was done a different way, and it's yeah. done better, I thought, because I also have read enemy the, the, the Wolverine version of enemy of the state fairly recently, and the whole premise is that he's kidnapped by Hydra and brainwashed to be a killing machine. And not only has that been done a thousand times by this point, but it's not like really set up by anything. Like I don't in the previous issues before this, he's not like kidnapped. You don't see any sort of like it's already happened. And it's, it seems as the story starts, that's been going on for a while already. And it's just, it just with him, it just seemed like the same old tired shit that they always default to when they seem to have no better ideas for him. But the one with Laura yeah. to me came off, better because like she wasn't uh like a brainwashed automaton of somebody like she's actively trying not to be that and she gets accused of like killing a whole village of people because i guess the argument is somebody dropped that trigger scent pheromone on a village and just let her go ripping through it right, right? um so to mm -hmm. me like this gets way more into the psychology of like she's trying so hard not to be that anymore and like she's accused of it but because of the way the pheromone thing works if it if it actually happened she doesn't remember it so like 
she assumes she must have done it because who else would have? And there's a lot of like internal monologue and whatever about like, did I do this? And oh my God, I can't believe after all the progress I've made that it can suddenly be wiped out this quickly. And, you know, she starts to question whether she can uh, effectively raise Gabby anymore at that point. If like she should send her away from her because she's afraid she's going to kill her, I think. Um, so there's just way more like where the Wolverine version just defaulted to a lot of the same old, like, let's just do all these bloody gory action scenes where he's snarling and, and clawing people. Like there's way more, uh, depth to this with her. Um, just maybe. Yeah. And then, then they bring in, uh, Jean Grey to remove the psychic block of the trigger set and, uh, just kind of. Yep. And then I think you find out by the end of it that it was not her that through the village. They set it up to make it look like it was her, but it wasn't. Um, So then obviously she doesn't have to carry that around for the rest of the rest of the run. There was still a fair bit of the series left at that point. So it makes sense to not do that. Um, Yeah. I, I don't really remember much of the old woman, Laura thing. I feel like it only really, the, the payoff of that was only like, the last issue or something. And then all the stuff around it was just perfectly normal. And then. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, Carol Danvers is like a 75 year old Captain Marvel. Uh, Kamala Khan is the president. Hmm. And uh, Gabby grows up hmm. to be a lesbian. <laughs> and this was all because uh, the original old man Logan in Wolverine sold really well, I guess they feel they need to keep doing this with people. Cause I mean, I think by this point yep. there's been fucking old man Hawkeye was one. They took the blind old, old man Hawkeye. Yeah. That one. I never, even, eh. I like Quill, but that just didn't seem to be something that needed to exist. So I haven't, uh... yeah. and as far as, um, where this character went after this, I mean, she was obviously in a fair bit of X-Men blue, as we discussed. Um, the thing that this, well, she ends up, well, she, X-Men I thought that was red. just Gabby. Oh, okay. No, I, know no, I read that. Both. Um, and I thought it was just Gabby for a while, but I thinking about it again. I mean, there's probably no way one would have been in there without the other. So it kind of makes sense. Um, and as far as her position in the current uh, Jonathan Hickman-led X-Men line, she's basically nowhere. Um, they had a, a very short series when it first launched called Fallen Angels that she was part of. It was her and, and uh, the teenage version of Cable that they have now, and uh, Quanon or Psylocke or whatever you want to call her. Um, now her and Betsy Braddock are separate people. Uh, as I've gotten into a little bit on other things. Yep. Um, so it was basically the three of them running around trying to like stop some uh, dark mutant god thing that even Apocalypse was afraid of. Um, and honestly, I remember, and it was only six issues. It was very short. Um, I remember reading it because I've been reading everything in the X line right now. And uh, they've done enough issues of all the other stuff since, but I don't really remember it. I remember the art being very pretty, but larger story-wise, I don't really remember anything from it anymore. Um, I'm sure when I go, you know, whenever this this iteration of the X line ends, I'm sure I'll go back and read the whole thing over again. Uh, but since then, she hasn't really shown up anywhere, and uh, it's just to me, it's just kind of unfortunate considering how much dramatic potential there is for this character. The other thing I find interesting is there's a, and you've talked about how this part of the X line doesn't really work for you right now, but how there's no, how there's essentially no, no consequence to death. And like, I feel like that would be an interesting thing to explore with, with Laura in a way, because so much of her early life and so much of what she's trying to get away from is defined by killing people. Like, what would her what would her view of this like? Well, at least for mutants, death no longer matters anymore. So, like, what is that? What would that do to her? Like, I know they're they're about to do a whole series in this line about how how much Nightcrawler is bothered by that. So maybe she'll show up in that somewhere. 
Um, that's going to be another team book, I guess, where they haven't really said who's in it. And she seems like a good fit for something like that. So maybe I'm kind of hoping maybe she shows up there. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, unfortunately, she gets benched a lot because you can only have so many characters on the team. And if the writer isn't elevating a certain character or yeah. characters, they get kind of And as far as, um, as far as Laura in other media, I mean, obviously, as Brent has said, and I, I've never watched that particular cartoon, but I know that she did start off. And, yeah, I'm sure it's on no, Plus. It's I'll probably like go it. at some point and look at a bunch of that stuff. I actually mm-hmm. would be curious to see how – I actually think when they get to the X-Men and the MCU, Lord knows when that's going to be, that uh, she should be Wolverine and not Logan. I agree. Oh, it absolutely uh, won't. It's not going to happen. And, you know, now they have now they have a live-action one with uh, from, from the Logan movie. Uh, so if that were to happen, I'm sure, you know, when the movie came out, all the trades wrote about, oh, you should put that little girl in. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely, they, they absolutely won't do this. But, I mean, I think it would be interesting if, like, you know, they did, however they're going to get the X-Men into the MCU. I don't, we don't need to speculate on that right now. But um, I think it would be interesting if, yeah, sure, maybe Logan's there in, like, sort of a, a mentoring role maybe it is maybe they do maybe the incentive to get jackman to come back for it is hey you know come back and do some dialogue you're not going to do anything uh we just want your face in this thing and he's there in like sort of a a mentor role for her and um and then that you know makes her the wolverine of the because i mean i'm i'm all for you know the whole big thing I keep coming back to is whoever they cast to replace Jackman, whenever they finally do that is going to get fucking brutalized by the fan base. I mean, whoever it is, it doesn't matter who it is. You could like, it could be, you know, and they'd never do this either, but you know, whoever it is is so guaranteed to be blasted. It could be Denzel for God's sakes. And he'd still get destroyed. Um, so, I mean, to me, the best angle to go there would be, sure, if you really want to do Wolverine, fine, but make it her, you know? And then I even had a thought of, like, if they if they set her up in, in maybe she does solo movies, too, or or maybe they, they go, like, some of the X characters get solo movies first or whatever. And, like, you could do something with her where, like, her big enemy is Daken, and then... So they fight each other a couple times, and they maybe they don't know they're related, uh, or they don't know what their connection is. And Hilt and Logan shows up to be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" You know, and they get whoever is going to play that later. Maybe it is, maybe it is Jackman if you can do it anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think right. that would be a really interesting way to go when they do get to the when they do get to the X-Men movies in the MCU. And maybe by the time they actually do that, the girl who played it in Logan is of the age they want her to be in order to do that. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's a good point. I, I would love to see that. Um, all right. So before we close out, let's go to what I think is the, the best spot of sure. uh, this series. And uh, that is the generation. Oh yeah, this diet. was that thing that they did during uh, Secret Empire, was it? That almost could have been like a separate event, but they didn't market it as such. And it was like a bunch of the heroes went this thing called the Vanishing Point, and like went back into their own history, sort of. Yeah. So basically, all the legacy characters go back in time or forward in time to meet the legacy version you know so she met like 80s logan uh you had kamala khan meets, miles like, and 70s Peter. marvel uh amadeus on. cho and banner was one um i remember liking most of those yeah. i read all of them when they were printed i believe um, yeah most of them were good the uh the, the sam uh 
The Sam Wilson cap one was probably the best. Thank you for reminding me that that exists for whenever I get, because I'm going to at some point reread all my Avengers stuff. And when I get to, and I'm going to tie in the events where necessary, when I get to Secret Empire, I can't necessarily guarantee I'd remember that they even did that. <laughs> well, they, they released it all mm. as a trade just called okay. Generations. Yep. So I don't remember the particulars of that. So why don't you go ahead? Uh, so. So basically, she goes back in time to its 80s Logan right around the solo Wolverine series when he gets married to, uh, what the hell was her name, Yukio, and um, they have a daughter, and, you know, she knows that, like, he's in Japan, and, and the kid's been kidnapped, and she goes to, like, help him, and they, they really don't have an introduction, a meeting, uh, she's dressed in the X Force. Oh, the black you know, and gray thing. Get up! He's in his classic colors. Yeah, and uh, like the first interaction they have, she's got a sword in her back, and he's like, you know, there's a sword in you, and she's like, help me out here, pull it out, and then he just looks at her and he's like, so you're like me, and she's like, uh huh, and he goes, so what is this? And she's like, it's a gift, don't question it. And he goes, uh huh. He's like, I hate this shit. It pisses me off. Uh, and then, you know, they, they have their little team up, but she's trying not to say too much. And she keeps saying like, you know, I don't want to like risk changing things and, you know, it's good to see you. And, um, they get on a plane and she fights classic saber tooth, cuts his arm off, uh, jumps out of the plane with him. There's a really good internal monologue from Logan about how he's like so impressed with her and her, her drive. He like throws himself on a bomb to try to save her. And she's like, you didn't have to do that. And he's like, oh, it was uh, instinct. And she's like, no, it wasn't, but it means a lot to me. Um, you know, you, you get your cool retro Wolverine fan service. You get the dynamic that they obviously wanted to be doing with him and her, but he wasn't around at the time. And then they have like this really like touching, sentimental goodbye. And she basically tells him, you know, be a better father to this kid. You were a good yeah. father to me. It's I do remember a lot of those being... Uh, a lot of those one shots being effective for what they were trying to do with them, uh, which, given their track record yeah. with a lot of stuff recently, I, uh, I it, credit is due where it's due, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yep. I think we've pretty much hit everything that I can think of for this. Um, I would really like to see this character again in another book. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised with what they're doing, with everything that they're doing right now. I mean, with this whole X-Line thing, they seem to be making books out of almost nothing. So, like, it surprises me that a, that considering the sale level that that book was at when it first came out, that they're not even considering doing that again. Um, I mean, for God's sakes, they're do they've, they've been talking about a fucking... Moira McTaggart book for at least a year now um, with the whole revelation in that House of X and Powers of X thing that she is actually a mutant and has like, you know, yeah, she's, uh, lived, she's lived like, like multiple lives and every time and... she dies, she comes back again and she actually tries to go and change history a couple of times to like uh, create the best possible eventuality for mutants and you know, when that first happened, they were talking about doing a book that would show more of that, like, because obviously uh, House of X and Powers of X just kind of blows through it. But they I think they at one point wanted to do a full book that would show more of what she did in those periods. Um, and then maybe somebody realized, hey, uh, Moira McTaggart's not a character you want to build a book around, by the way. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I'll be interested yeah. to see what um, where this character goes uh, from here. Because, like I said earlier, she's basically nowhere right now. Um, I don't even really think she's showing up all that much in any of the any of the team stuff, honestly. And uh, that's to me as much as as good as this solo book was. Like, there's also a lot of value with her in team settings because she's you know it would be easy to just say she's going to fill the same role that Logan always does, but she's different enough from him that I think it would change the dynamic in any team book 
where anybody reading it would just expect her to be like Wolverine with a vagina, but she's very much, at least on a, on a, of the way the character approaches things very different from him and would, I think, be a valid contributor to any team book they had. Like, I'd almost like to see it. I know they're really segregating the mutants with all this Krakoa crap, but I'd almost like to see her outside of it. Like, because I think they showed in that in this yeah. in this solo book we just went through that she can hang with a lot of the non mutant characters and it's not it's not weird it's not you know like that book was written in such a way that showed that she you know she can bring her own thing to the table with just about anybody and like to not even be using that character at this point seems kind of like a missed opportunity in my book anyway. No, I agree. And I mean, like I said, I would definitely recommend going back and reading, you know, there's yep. two X-23 complete collections. I will do that. A ton of issues. Uh, and then after after that, she was in, I want to say it was New X-Men. It was the, Yeah, the you know, I saw, her, and, I, think uh, I saw her on some covers for that. Or, you know, uh, whatever that was. That's something I haven't, I'm, I'm going to get, mm-hmm. to, like, I'm trying to also, you know, we've talked about how I have the, the full runs of, like, a lot of the Avengers and Avengers adjacent stuff. I'm I'm slowly trying to do that with the X Men too, but it's way more of a project, uh, just given how many books there were. Um, so, and I I do know that I saw her on yeah. some covers for some of that new X Men stuff, but I haven't gone near any of that yet. Um, yeah, and you're not the first oh, yeah, person that, to tell me really that, good. so I think that's something I will. They actually, uh, I have the originals, but then they put out trades of, um, yeah. I, I think just that whole run. You're not, you're not the first uh, one to tell me that. So yeah, maybe I will so. move that up the list as far as uh, what I'm picking up. Um, so this wraps up our latest installment of back issues. Um, I was thinking of because I had this and I haven't read it yet. Um, I was thinking of maybe doing one of these on Judas Contract. Pat, is that something that you're familiar with or? Okay. Oh, yeah. All right, so give me a week or two to read that, and maybe we'll reconvene for that. Okay. Signing off. Have a good night, folks.